Thank you for joining us for the Local Church Podcast. At Local Church, we value each person's unique experience with faith and hope this message impacts you today. Hey guys, thank you so much for that kind introduction. Yeah, my name is Mike Humphrey. I have a word for you today and I'm excited to share with you. Um, the, the title of this message is called Hearing God's Voice. Take a minute, let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your word. We pray that your word become life and that it's truth and that it resonate with us, Father. We just ask that your spirit come upon us during this word and, and speak to us in the only the ways that you can speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so I have a couple verses for you to kick things off and both are from Matthew. Uh, Matthew 7, 24, 27 says this. It says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. See, the rains came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. The second verse in Matthew is another parable. Jesus is saying this, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. What is Jesus saying in these two parables? He's, saying, he's, he's delineating between two directions in life. You can stay the way you are. You can continue to build your house, your foundation on the sand, but it's going to come falling down. Or you can choose to build your foundation on the rock, which is Jesus Christ. And in that space, you'll flourish because you're in God's calling, where he's calling you to. Likewise, you, you, you can store up for yourself treasure in heaven. You can serve people here on earth and your treasure will be stored up in heaven. Or you can serve yourself here on earth and store up for yourself treasure on this earth but you can't take that with you one day. And I have a story about this where God was calling me out for a lifestyle that I was living because he had something in store for me. It was the next season of life that he wanted me to bring, to bring me into, but I wasn't prepared to handle it. The story leads back to when I was in Toronto before I had moved to Ottawa. It, it was one of the busiest times of my life. Uh, I had a one-year-old baby at home. We just moved into a new house and I had torn it back to the studs and I was working on this thing every evening and every weekend. And then on top of that, I had my full-time job and I was serving in the church and I had no time for anything else. I was focusing on building this kingdom up. And, and one, one particular night, I had a bit of time and, and, and I took that time away with God. And, and I was worshiping and I was praying and I was hearing God's voice in my life. And, and, the, and the energy in that room was absolutely electric. I could feel God's presence. And in that space, I gave the chance for God to talk to me. And what he said, he said something into my spirit so clear that I, I could tell exactly what he was saying. And he said this, he said, Mike, 
you're a gladiator. And I said, a gladiator God? A gladiator? Anybody born in the, in the 80s? Probably not in this church, but um, th- there was this show called American Gladiator. It was where these men and women were, were, were all juiced up, super muscular, wearing spandex. I don't want to cause anyone to sin today. This was an after-school program, and, and these American gladiators, what they did were, were, were they had contestants on the show who tried to beat these American gladiators and make it through these obstacle courses, but these gladiators were standing in the way, ready to just tackle them, take them down. So this word that God had shared with me, that I was, I was a gladiator, it was exciting, it was thrilling. Tell me more, God. I was on a high and now I was up here. And God spoke again. And in that moment, he said this again in my spirit. He goes, Mike, I can't use a gladiator. I said, God, what does that mean? I had broken down. I went from being up here to, you ever try to pick a puddle off the ground. That's what I felt like. You can't use me, God. I've given everything to serve you. My time, my effort, I'm raising my family in Christ. What do you mean you can't use me? But God had a next stage in life for me. He had a ministry in store for me. See, I was busy building my own kingdom in Toronto. I was self-serving and God was saying, I'm not even calling you to Toronto anymore. I have a plan for you. I have a ministry for you. I didn't know that at the time, but I knew he was preparing me for the next step. So in that broken place, I cried out to God again. Now on my knees, what is it that you're calling me to? In speaking in parables of the gladiator, I knew God was going to say something more. I assumed it was going to be a lamb or maybe a dove or something soft and cute. But God spoke again into my spirit and he said, Mike, a soldier, a soldier, got a soldier. I'm thinking, well, what, what, what's the difference between a soldier and a gladiator? Essentially, they're doing the exact same thing. I think we're kind of splitting hairs in here. And if I can be completely honest with you, God, I think a gladiator is much cooler. So I'm trying to unpack this word thinking, what are the differences between a gladiator and a soldier? I've I've had a number of years now to really think this one through. But in that moment, I'm thinking, a gladiator, okay, so he fights for his own freedom. And a soldier, a soldier fights for the freedom of all. Oh yeah, that's pretty good, God. What else though? A gladiator, a gladiator lives as a slave. But the soldier belongs to the king. Okay, maybe that's two points. I feel like I'm playing ball with God, right? And he's more like Steph Curry, Jack and Three, he's getting points over me. I'm thinking, you're actually onto something. Maybe a soldier is much cooler than a gladiator. Maybe I am living for myself. See, a gladiator is saying, I can do this, but a soldier is saying, we can do this. See, when a gladiator falls, He falls alone. But when a soldier falls, the army comes around and protects him. See, the gladiator stands alone, looking to belong, wearing the slave master's clothes. But the soldier belongs to the kingdom, and he wears the king's colors. I was building a house, 
and building my own kingdom and serving myself. But God was preparing me for something more, something that looked like Ottawa, something that looked like local. And if I didn't change and I didn't answer the call, well, then he'd send somebody else in my place. And Levi and Nadge, you'd probably get somebody a lot better. <laughs> Luckily, I'm here today, though, because I couldn't imagine living without the community that we have here at Local. Living here in Ottawa and building something fantastic in partnership with you. If you're taking notes today, point one is this. Wear the armor of God. Unfortunately, I spelt it where, as in where is the armor of God, um, which is probably fitting in that moment. <laughs> but um, I want you to wear the armor of God. When you think of a gladiator, what do you think of? I think of exposed skin. I think of Russell Crowe, all jacked up. Muscles rippling. You can see the arms. Maybe a, a bit of armor here, right? but then one of those like leather skirts, but the legs after exposed. If we were stepping into a school these days, you know, that skirt wouldn't even pass the fingertip roll, you know? There's just too much skin shown, and that's weakness, right, on the battlefield. And it's because the gladiator is dressed to entertain in the Colosseum. He's there to live and then to die. He is a slave sold into battle, but a soldier. Now a soldier, he wears the king's clothes. He, he's fitted with armor, personalized to his body. And underneath each piece of armor is chain mail, impenetrable, no weakness. Ephesians 6.10, 18 says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the evil scheme, the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against authorities and against powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in this heavenly realms. Get this, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after having done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, Take up the shield of faith with which, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Are you waking up every day with the word of God as your sword? Are you holding the shield of faith which can extinguish the arrows? When you're wearing the armor of God, you're a place of protection for others. Because God is calling you and me under the kingdom of God to fight for the freedom of all, not leaving ourselves exposed, to step into what God is calling you every day. We as Christians need to put on the armor of God. Point two is live a life of service. See, a gladiator fights for a way out of slavery. But a soldier 
A soldier fights for the freedom of all. It was Dietrich Bonhoeffer that said this, we must learn to regard people less in light of what they do or admit to do and more in light of what they suffer. Dietrich Bonhoeffer not only spoke these words, but he lived these words. He was later hung for taking a stance against Hitler and the Nazi regime. He lived a life of service as a soldier for all. Levi often quotes this message. It's, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, you go together. And this reminds me of a story just about two weeks ago. I was on a trail called the West Coast Trail with my wife, um, her cousin, and this guy by the name of Mike. He's a good friend of ours from Victoria. And, and Mike is one of the most generous guys I know. I was once with Mike in Whistler, and um, he had taken off his jacket and given it to a guy who was admiring it. It was this limited edition jacket, and um, he, he, <laughs> somebody was admiring it and, and said, I've seen this jacket, but I could never get it. And Mike was so generous that he was willing to give up his own jacket. Um, and, and, and we had this guy on this trip with us, a good friend of ours. And, and he's constantly thinking about the people around him, not just the four of us in our group, um, but the people around him. So we're on this trip. We have about 60 pound packs on our back. We're taking everything we need to survive for the next seven days, six nights. We're heading into the rainforest where it's really rough terrain. And we start out and the first two days are grueling. And on the second day, we get hit with a storm. Parks Canada later said that this storm that we got hit with was the worst storm in history for hikers on the trail. We, we got dumped on 110 millimeters of rain came down. It swamped out everything, our tents, our gear, our clothing. We were wet and we were cold. Um, but, but Mike wasn't shaken by this. Every morning, Mike would wake up and he would go around the campsite that we were in. And we, you get to know the hikers because you're all traveling in the same direction over the same amount of days, roughly. Um, so he would check on everybody every morning. Every time we came into camp at night, he would check on everybody. This one particular morning, these two ladies, they, were, they, they had gone on this trip because um, they were celebrating their retirement. Their names were Jen and Liz. And Liz was just celebrating her retirement as a civil engineer. She took her best friend and they were going on this trip. And on day two, they looked absolutely defeated. And I see Mike chatting with them this one morning. So I go over to see what's up. And they said, uh, we can't go on. We have to turn around. And we're like, no, what's going on? And they said, our water filter broke. Now, you can only go about two hours of hiking before you have to stop at a stream, refilter water, and, and, and fill up a camel pack or a Nalgene bottle or something to keep you going. And these ladies, their water filter had broke. They didn't even have enough water to get back out of the trail, let alone be able to go forward. And then to add insult to injury, their stove, which they were going to cook with this entire time, had also broken. Mike being the generous guy that he was, we found a way to give them one of our water filters so that the ladies could at least get off the trail. But then Mike went one step further and he said, why don't you ladies take our stove? And I was like, Mike, thinking in my mind, we kind of need this stove. But Mike's always thinking about others. And the lady said, well, we can't, Jen and Liz said, look, we can't take your stove. 
So Mike said, okay, then fine. He goes, I have some extra parts and pieces. I'll fix your stove. And if I can't fix it, we'll cook your food for the rest of the trip. Jen and Liz went on and every morning and every night we chatted with them. They were just so grateful and thankful that they could finish this trip. It was because of the generosity of Mike. Mike went on later to give away food. I saw him take gaiters off his own feet, which is a piece of equipment when you're hiking that keeps your feet from getting swamped by mud and rain. He took them off his own feet and gave them this to this guy from Belgium who came unprepared for the trip. See, see, Mike was the guy you'd want to meet on the trail because he lived an act of service for anyone that needed him. He was looking for people to serve. Mike didn't need a ministry. Mike was a ministry. He was also armed with the sword, which is the word of God. As he's hiking, he's talking about his faith journey, his relationship with God. Incredible act of service and an incredible man. God was calling me in that moment to start to live a life of ministry, not just to have a ministry, but to be a ministry. Are you feeling that call upon your life? Are we mature enough to step into what God has in store for us? Point three is obedience. See, a soldier, he lives under authority of the king, but a gladiator lives as a slave. Galatians 4, 7 says this, So you are no longer a slave, but, a chi- but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. I was living like a slave. And God was saying, no, I'm calling you up to be a child of God. Do you feel like a child of God? Do you feel like you can run to the Father? And he'll answer your call? Or do you feel like going before the Father is an arduous task? Do you fear the fact that he might be more like a slave driver than a loving God? Galatians 4, 7 says, You are no longer a slave, but God's child, and you're an heir. Raphael McManus said this, God isn't looking for your extraordinary talent. He needs your fearless obedience. Fearless obedience. Fearless is a position of strength, right? And obedience, a place of submission. Strength and submission under the authority of God. Unstoppable force. Because without obedience, God can accomplish nothing through you. Even Jesus lived under obedience to the Father. He said on the night he was about to face his accusers, he said, Father, take this cup of wrath from me. He was about to die for the sin of the world, and he's saying, Father, take this cup of wrath from me. But get this, but not my will, your will. I often feel the same way every time Levi asks me to preach, God, take this cup of wrath from me. That's a joke, not joking kind of thing. Take this cup of wrath from me. But I've learned to be obedient to my pastor and to my God, to step into what he's calling me to do, into the next step of my ministry, into my next step of service and obedience. And I can do so because I'm not always perfect at it, 
but I try to put on the armor of God. See, Jesus never lived for the acceptance of the world, but he lived in obedience to the Father. And he said, I only do what I see my Father doing. We need to start to look to God for our acceptance, not to man. Remember the, remember the movie Gladiator, um, uh, Russell Crowe, right? He was the gladiator. And, and, and I think it was the emperor who stepped down and he, and he went down to the floor, into the Colosseum, down to the sand where the gladiators would fight. And he exchanged some words with the gladiators. Now, I guess it was common practice in those days where, where the emperor got to decide whether the gladiators fought well enough to continue to survive, to fight another day for their own freedom, or to be killed in the spot. And what he did was he put his thumb to the side. And if the thumb went up, the gladiators could live. But if his thumb went down, the gladiators would die. And after this exchange of words he had with the gladiator, he wanted so desperately to put them to death. But then the crowd starts to chant, live, 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 live. And he's swayed by the pressure of the people. He's looking for the acceptance of man and he raises his thumb and the crowd cheers. Are we living for the acceptance of people? Are we living a life where we're counting the thumbs up on our Instagram posts, not to care what God thinks about what we're putting out there? See, the gladiator life I was living, it was self-serving. And God was saying to me that if you want to step into what I have for you, Mike, you need to start living a life of service to others with a fearless obedience. We can't live a life where we're people-pleasing. We have to live a life where we're people-serving and God-pleasing. I want to close with this. See, today's gladiator is avant-garde. He's living a life on the pedestal that shows only one's opulence, a picture in perfect light and a caption that calls to be idolized. The gladiator, he has holes in his armor and he's fighting against a world to earn his own freedom. The gladiator built his house on the sand and stored up his treasure within it. The gladiator is self-serving. This is the world selling you a lie. The gladiator stands alone, looking to belong. I wanna finish one, with one last story. Um, my grandma used to tell this story when she was a little girl. She said when she was a little girl, my great grandmother would lock herself in a room and she would praise and worship God in that space. And after hours, she would finally come out. My grandma would run to meet her at the door. And my grandma would say that my great grandmother looked glowing when she came out of the presence of God. And I'm not gonna try to unpack what that means inside the eyes of a child, but what it did for us and our family, it was a faith story that passed from my great grandmother to my grandmother, to my father, to me, and one day to my little girl. Five generations changed by such a great faith. Is that the type of faith our children are seeing in our lives? When we step into the workplace, are people seeing that kind of faith? Are they seeing us uh, wearing the armor of God? In the dorm rooms, do people see us and think they look just like the world? Or is this somebody who's come to serve? Someone who's armed? With, 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 the, with the armor of God on, living obedience to God? Do we look different? 
When we're faced in the crossroads of life and God is calling you on his side, I encourage you to take it because it is the winning side. Don't miss out on what God has in store for you. I challenge you when God calls you out that you would build your house upon the rock that is Jesus Christ. Store up for yourself treasures in heaven and live with that fearless obedience. Life isn't about pleasing people. It's about serving people. Now I want to give you a chance. Maybe you're here for the first time and you're saying, I don't know Jesus, but this kind of truth, this kind of realism that God has, the creator of this universe is compelling. And I want to know him more. I want to walk this journey. I'm going to give you an opportunity. We're going to pray a prayer and I want you to repeat after me. If that's you and you're saying, maybe, maybe I've stepped away from an old way of life where I was walking with God. I've seen the world and it's a lie and I want what Jesus has in store for my life. And I'm going to give you an opportunity in just a second here. We're going to bow our heads and we're going to pray this prayer. Repeat after me, please. It's thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. I accept your mercy. Holy Spirit, come into my life. I want to walk this life with you. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hey, local, local church, thank you so much for spending this last 25 minutes with, with me. Um, I'm just excited that we can go through that word. Um, and, and if you've given your life to Jesus, if you answered that salvation call, I want you to reach out in the chat. There's somebody who wants to chat with you. Somebody wants to get the word of God, the Bible in your hand and walk that journey out with you. Um, for everybody else, thanks for tuning in. Um, it's been a pleasure. Have a great Sunday. Bye for now. We are so glad you joined us for the Local Church Podcast. To get connected, please follow us on social media and check out our website for groups and other ways to get involved.